Welcome to the Cornhole Masses Podcast. I'm your host, Steve G. Welcome back. I know it's been a long time since we've uploaded a new episode, but tonight we've got something special for you. This is our first video podcast. And what we're planning on talking about is the 2022 ACL World Championships that were held in Rock Hill, South Carolina from July 29th to August 7th. There were hundreds, if not thousands of players representing 48 states and two countries. It was an amazing event. Uh, Mark Richards taking first place in the pro singles event, followed by Matt Guy in second place. And one of the notable accomplishments is a local Colorado pro, Yeti Irwin. Uh, she took down or she tied for 12th or tied for 45th overall in the um, in the that pro singles event. So congratulations, Yeti. Uh, next, the Woodchucks took down the pro team segment. Now, the question is, how many of those guys actually knew Flava Flav? That's still yet to be known. Uh, the next one is the pro blind draw. Uh, the winner of that is AJ Sims with his partner, Philip Lopez, Jr., followed by Corey Morrison and Ryan Windsor in second place. And many more played for the, over the nine-day tournament, including eight, over 800 players all vying for a pro card, which there was only, I think, 32 spots available. But who can forget the pro doubles? Jason Rubin and Jordan Power went on a 24 to nothing run to come back and win against Philip Lopez Jr. and Mark Richards. We're here to talk about that today and what transpired during that match, as, is a bit of, as there is a bit of belief that Jordan Power overstepped his trash talk, or overstepping trash talk. Uh, we have quite, and we have a few guests with us today, and for this episode, and we're going to bring them in next. Uh, and welcome, guys. Much appreciated for you guys joining. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of go around the virtual room and let you guys introduce yourselves. But uh, let's talk with uh, Mike first. Mike, um, give us a little information about yourself. Sure. Um, so. <clears throat> been playing cornhole competitively for the last eight months. That's when I started. It was in January, so I mean, no, uh, still been around cornhole for a long time, of course, with backyard games, but uh, competitively for eight months, and um, really got, as you've all seen, addicted to cornhole. You can see the Facebook groups and all that, right? Uh, so. It's been been a lot of fun. I get to play with some great players up here in the state of Washington, uh, with like Eric, uh, Renaud Hines, and Dean Norton, uh, and some up and comers like Angel Rodriguez. And it's been it's been a blast. Um, I mean, I've went from buying a set of local mamas, finding out how slow they were um, <laughs> for my first bag, and then game changers after that. And now I stick with a lot of the local companies out here, like the Feist Aftermaths and whatnot. So been a lot of fun that's awesome well welcome to the show mike uh next we've got uh kirk leslie also known as the mental bagger on the call so kirk yeah. tell us about you absolutely steve thanks for for putting this together thanks for having us on um so for me been playing cornhole competitively i guess started at the beginning of 2020 so about two and a half years just like mike uh, before that, backyard with the neighbors, neighborhoods, tailgating. I mean, I feel like kind of the way we all started this. Uh, but 47 years old, competitive sports, kind of growing up, played hockey, coach, jujitsu. Now, 
Um, so did a ton of that growing up. We live here in Colorado, so much like Mike, right? I mean, the talent pool is is insane, right? As far as local pros, you mentioned Yeti Irwan. Uh, we got Gino and Tay Harris out here as well. So um, Anthony Ione, who was a pro, is now one of the voices of Colorado, but um, and voices of Cornell, I should say. But uh, but yeah, I mean, been playing for a while. Started the mental bagger too, from the mental side of of just this kind of the sports psychology around around cornhole. It's in every sport and every activity that we do. Why not start to explore that a little bit in cornhole? So yeah, did that started that about a year ago. Uh, but man, excited to talk uh, a little bit about the trash talking and, and everything else <laughs> in the sport, right? And in every sport. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to it. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell, give us an idea. So uh, Mike. What position are you, do you have in trash talking? Is it uh, something that you're in favor of or or that you're against? What's your position on it? Uh, definitely more for it. I mean, I could definitely argue both ways, but I'm definitely more for it. Um, I mean, I grew up in, in sports as well. A lot of the, including combat sports like wrestling and whatnot. So there you go. Nice. Uh, so definitely for there's it. no trash talking on the fields or anything like that. <laughs> where people can't hear you. <laughs> never. Not in football, not in wrestling. Never, never happens. Never. What, be like, what about you, Kirk? So for me, I think my personality fits more on the side of, of not trash talking and thinking about hockey, just again, other sports that I've participated in growing up. For me, what I like to do is really let, just let the skills that I have on the field or, you know, in this case um, on the boards show themselves. So yeah, trash talking is not something that, that I love, but, but the same thing that, that Mike was kind of talking to talking about, and it's really the, the for and against the, that line right in the middle there, it gets really blurry. So I'm kind of excited to, uh, to sort of explore that and, and how far, like how close my not trash talking comes to, uh, Mike's trash talking, right? I think there probably is a, probably a lot of overlap in the middle there, but uh, but yeah, so definitely on the side of a little bit quieter. And if you play against me, and you've seen and you've kind of called some of those games where in the middle of the match, I'm I'm typically pretty quiet and try to get it as focused as I can. You are you are pretty quiet, and and uh, so let's talk about a couple of the options. And yeah. we I mean, honestly, that pro doubles match amazing i sat there and looked i sat there on the couch and was just in awe uh, it was an amazing game from a fan and from everybody in attendance there so let's let's talk about a couple of those is i think the first instance is when they started making the comeback and by they i mean uh, jordan and um um jay jay thank you uh jordan jay um they just started coming back. And I think uh, there was a play by Mark Richards. He laid down a bag and either somebody in the audience clapped or uh, maybe, uh, maybe uh, his partner, um, George Lo um, Lopez, or Philip Lopez um, uh, clapped. And then Jordan power, he threw a bag and he's like, I'll give you something to talk, clap about boy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know who he's saying that to, but uh, I, I, I heard that and I was like, wow, wow. Hey, what do you guys think when you first heard that? Mike, fire away. Go ahead. Um, 
so for me, I guess initially let's start, I mean, for me, kind of defining trash talking, right? Okay. Um, and, and where do we, where do we kind of get to that line of trash talking where I would think someone that I'm playing against would be crossing over? They get to the point where if they're coming directly at me, right? Kind of talking about shots, they hit something like, yeah, let's see if you can match it, you know, just, which by the way, I've never had in a game before. Um, I've had it in hockey, right? People talking smack in hockey, but not in, in Cornell yet. But if someone is coming directly at me, right? And I'm throwing against you on the same side of the board, then to me, I consider that trash talk. I consider that getting over, you know, kind of jumping over the line. If someone's clapping on a good shot and then, you know, a little bit of a jab, if I'm coming back and I'm down 20 to one, 20 to two, you know, something like, look, I'm not going to be the one saying, I'll give you something to clap about. Uh, I don't love it, by the way, because he's going directly at my partner at that point. So I'll say I don't love it, but I don't know if it's quite crossing the line just yet. Um, but but I, but I don't love that. So, Mike, what do you think? I mean, going into that part where it's like there's so much emotion there, I can see like that's one of those parts where it's it's like, hey, I'm finally starting to score some points. I've got, and this is trying to get their self hyped up too at the same time. So I don't. I don't know that it's necessarily meant to be like stepping over the line either at that point. It's it's more of a okay, I'm we're back. This is how, how it's going. I'm going to show you what we're going to do. I'm going to call my shot right now. And that's kind of how it transpired. And yeah, you said it right there. I mean, there's a there's a ton of emotion. I think by that time uh, they were down originally 4 to 2 and then it was uh, 20 to 2 and near the end. And I think at that point in time, it was, they clawed back and it was like 12 to uh, 20 to 12. And it, they were just hitting that run and they were just going. And I just saw that it's you know, playing at that level and that underneath the lights and on this on the TV, there's got to be a lot of stress there. I mean, Kirk, have you ever played in a situation like that before? The closest I've gotten, I think, is one when we did the Pikes Peak. Uh, so the doubles where you guys were commentating that and we had a whole crowd around it. That was the closest or the other closest was like at um, playing on a, on a main court at an ACL open where I actually had commentators, but never at that level that those guys are playing on, never on like a big feature court that way where you've got, you know, again, it's being broadcast that way. So, so yeah, I mean, I actually kind of agree with Mike, right? I mean, you're coming back and then there's emotion just kind of pouring out where you're trying to pump your partner up and, and I don't see that as trash talking, right? If I if my partner throws a good shot, then, you know, I play with Scott Thomas a lot. And I'm like, all right, Scott, good bag, nice shot, right? I mean, I'm not – if you are playing against me and you take that the wrong way, like I'm trying to try, talk trash against you, that's the farthest thing from my mind at the time. I'm trying to keep my partner fired up and get me fired up for the next round coming back. So, so yeah, again, I, I don't think something – you know, I'll give you something to talk about. Again, I don't love it. I probably wouldn't do it. I don't see it as crossing the line just yet, but he's trying to pump up Ruben and get him fired up and keep that momentum going. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> what about you, Mike? Was was I guess what's the uh, biggest spotlight you played in so far? Uh, not like Cornell. There was a like a big singles tournament recently here in the state, but um, it was right after the Open. And I was on, uh, I came back 
uh, through the loser's bracket and almost double dipped someone. And it was a lot of the same emotion there. So I, I totally get that. Uh, other than that, it's been like basketball. I've had like game on the line, free throw shot. Gotta make it. Absolutely. All right. So one of the things if we, in the ACL uh, American Cornhole League uh, released a couple of videos today and basically showing the, the greatest comeback in cornhole. And I kind of have to agree that that was an amazing comeback, but you kind of see some of the examples we're talking about or that we're going to be talking about here in just a second. And let's talk about um, going back into the emotion. Mm -hmm. Jordan started saying, yeah, Jordan started talking about, uh, and I'm not going to edit any of this stuff out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it's it's fun uh, for side note it's fun it's easy to edit stuff out when you're just doing audio but when you're doing video it's a little bit more difficult but <laughs> um no but uh, jordan and mark were playing bag for bag and you saw mark kind of throw one off to the right or throw one off to the left uh, yeah. and then jordan was just able to uh, put it in the hole each and every time and i think at one point in time uh Mark threw one off the back and missed it left and threw one off yep. the back. And at that point in time, Jordan threw the bag and dragged his or pushed and followed his and actually pulled uh, um, Mark Richards uh, bag in with him. And literally why the bag was still in the air, he says. Might be the number one player still gets nervous. Let's talk about that because uh, that was pretty ballsy to say it immediately as it left your hand. So I'm going to talk to you, bring it, give it to you, Mike, first. Yeah. Um, so I've gotten into some debates with people on this on, on Facebook. Um, Weird. Because uh, <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. Not at all. Never. Um, if it was middle of the pitch, I would have had a problem with it because at that point, like there's, First of all, there's rules against that, right? And secondly, um, like, I know I've done things inadvertently to players, not trying to, where I've, like, smacked my hand because I was upset with a shot. And, like, oh, man, I got to apologize to them. So I'll first clarify and say I don't think there was any mishap with that part. But as far as leaving the hand, um, at that point, they were already making the run back. It's 20 to 13 at that point. And, uh, I mean, Mark set up the blocker bag. He missed off as he tried to push. It went off the back. And it was a seven, it was a 12 to seven round, five points, right? So that at that point, you've already started to get a psychological advantage. The art of, of trash talking, if you look at some of the greatest trash talkers mm-hmm. of all time in any sport, all, all it is is about getting that mental edge on your opponent. Now, some of the greatest trash talkers have crossed crazy lines, like Gary Payton, Michael Jordan, those kind of players, right, in different sports. Um, what? I, but the thing that I think about here is he didn't really cross the line as far as what he's saying either. You, you think of it, Mark Richards is a rookie. This is rookie. So number one player, but still a rookie, right? Was that? <laughs> number one player, in the, uh, but still a rookie. Yeah. And of, so, of course, you're in the Worlds. You just won a singles championship. You're still going to be nervous going in that doubles. There's there's no way he's not. So he didn't say anything that was really overstepping either. And that, But I, what was interesting to see 
is then right after that, uh, when Jay Rubin's coming back, it, it played a huge, it had a huge impact on the, the rest of the game, which wasn't much longer. So I don't think he really crossed the line there. I think it was uh, a point where it was a, a good point to just kind of show the art of trash talking. It was really a good point to do it. Now, yeah, like I said, so. in mid shot, like like before I left his hand, I would have had a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so I know it's supposed to be a debate, but at the same time, it's like that's that the blurry line where and. And I've done stuff like this. I've had it done in a game to where I'm not trash talking my opponent, but you know, especially in doubles, right? Because you're communicating down to your doubles partner. And I had one guy do it. We were at a tournament and he said, and he basically walked me and my opponent through the next three shots, which to me, I thought was brilliant. It wasn't trash talking, but it was my bag. And he goes, all right, here's what we're going to do. You're going to block here. He's going to have to block behind you. Then you get to shoot for the win. And Lucky enough, I mean, it worked out that same way. But I thought it was brilliant because, again, my opponent's hearing the same thing. Like, he's like, he's getting nervous about the shot that he's about to take before I ever take my shot, right? So I think there's gamesmanship and trash talking. And what I don't love, so what I would have, where I would have really had a problem with Jordan would have been, let's say he throws that bag, right? He makes it, he's sitting 12-6. Mark's still got one bag to go. If he turned and looked at Mark and was like, Hey man, number one player in the world. Don't get nervous, buddy. Like if he's talking directly at him, which, you know, it really close, right? He's talking to Ruben and he's like, Hey, he's number one player in the world, but he still gets nervous versus turning and like directly talking to Mark and saying that, that to me, that's where that art of trash talking, like that would have been in my mind, that would have definitely construed that as trash talking. Although going down the road, like he's like, Hey, I put my 12 in. He might get nervous. Like, he's basically saying, I don't know what the next shot's going to be, but we've already got three. If he makes it, we've already got three. So so I think um, it's supposed to be a debate, but, but I think that would have been where that line was for me. Like, if he went right to Mark and be like, don't miss his shot, but don't give up five. Like, that would have been that would have been crossing the line for me. Like, I would have wanted to slap him. But, like, <laughs> um, but, but he didn't. So it was – it was that just little bit of gamesmanship. And I saw it, man, I was playing poker years ago. My buddy did this to me where he was like looking at the cards, playing no limit Oldham. He's like, man, I, I don't know. He goes, before he raised, he's like, I don't see anything. I don't see you having anything more than the set of threes. And he pushes and sure enough, that's what I had. And I was like, well, Jesus, he put all his chips in when he saw exactly what I had. So I folded and he didn't have anything. So he beat me. But like that was, to me, I see it as very similar, right? He's kind of, calling it out to Jay, but not to Mark. But Mark obviously hears it because he's three feet away from him. So I don't know. I know it's supposed to be a debate, but I didn't see that as trash talking. Again, if he would have gone directly at him, definitely would have been trash talking. I wouldn't have loved it. I thought it was uh, I thought it was actually some, even though I'm so, <laughs> I'm against trash talking, I still think it's that like really perfect uh, gamesmanship in that moment. No, I think so too. I mean, it's it was, uh, there was a lot of gamesmanship and, it, it just continued on uh, right through and you just kind of at that point in time there was a lot of emotion in that game and uh, it justifiably so it, they were coming back huge comeback and the crowd was cheering them on um and but i guess you just kind of saw the 
and I'm not sure, I don't want to chalk it up to the trash talking because I actually kind of saw some of the the frustration in in some of the 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 concern in Philip and Mark's eyes as they were throwing the bags saying we're, we only have one point we we can do this just we need can, one just one point but it just they got off their game i i, I don't want to call it that the trash talking or the the gamesmanship that was the talk that was happening during the game had an effect i think it was more of a just that getting that level and trying to get that point and a combination of of jordan and jay coming back yeah that that led to that match. I mean, <clears throat> I can agree on that, but I can also disagree on that part because if it wasn't for the comment with the whole clapping thing, because that's where you could really start to see the wheels coming off. It there was enough said there that it started getting into the mentals there. So it and it doesn't matter. You could be a Matt guy <clears throat> and, and be the goat, and if someone can get in your head, it didn't throw you off your game. And so honestly, I've heard stuff about the Matt Guy um, match too, which I think I think that was a a worse example of trash talking than this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, literally, right? You look at Mark; he's got the earbuds in. So I mean, to me, there's no not there's no point because it's not like he can't hear what Jordan's saying. He can't hear it as much. He's got his own music going. Whatever's in there, I don't we, we, you know we don't know. But but yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think the I think the comment might have helped, right? Because we've all been there before. We've all been in that moment where I've been up 17-0 and lost a match 21-18. And it was against Scott. He just came rolling back. And you start to sit there and go, dude, I only need four points. I only need three points. Like, how hard can this be? And he's just rolling. And all of a sudden, that hole goes from this big to, like, that big. And, man, just everything in your being, you're just like, dude, I should be able to put a bag in the hole. But then when somebody says something, you try to ignore it. Um, but it's it's man, it's uh, definitely definitely tough to do. But at the same time, I don't know if the trash talking was the was the exact catalyst. I think it was the moment. I think it was the momentum that that Ruben and uh, and Power had. So I don't know if it was necessarily needed. But at the same time, I like I mean, it was really really close to that line. It's it's <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, you brought up Matt Guy uh, thing. I think maybe I said it wrong in the email, but was that the basically the crowd was just so loud cheering him on? It was just kind of like one of those those bar matches where everybody was just kind of having fun. It, oh. Honestly, his competitor didn't even stand a chance. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I I thought that was one with Tony Smith where Tony missed an airmail. He shot an airmail, hit Matt's bag. Matt's bag goes in. Tony's goes off the back. Matt turned to um, to Brett and was basically like, is this it? Is this all this guy has? What the, you know, basically what the heck's going on? And so that one I think was a little bit more directly at Tony at that moment. And he played it off as talking to Brett. And Brett's like, he's got nothing. You know, so to me that was more – that was more crossing the line of trash talking than I thought Jordan did. Um, so, so again, I, I, to me, in those moments, I, if I'm Tony Smith, right, I already fired one off the back. I know I sucked in that <laughs> shot. It didn't, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. I don't need that uh, from Matt. And basically, 
Matt doesn't need to do it. It, it shows to me just mm, a little less respect for my opponent in that, in that case. So, so I don't love, so honestly that one, I don't like the Matt guy more than Jordan. Like Jordan's again, I, it was, it, it, to me, it didn't bug me when I saw it. I thought it was a lot worse from hearing everything without seeing the video. Then I saw the video. I was like, oh, okay, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> I thought it was a lot worse. What about you, Mike? So I actually didn't uh, see the Matt Guy one, to to be honest with you. But uh, I can say that because um, this has kind of that idea, though, has bled into some of the conversations I've, I've had with people. Um, and the idea of, of like trash talking and cornhole, if we're if we're not going to have trash talking at all, it's almost like we're revering cornhole in the same way that uh, uh, baseball and uh, where um, like when you see trash talking in baseball, you see it between two friends while they're on a base, like a first baseman with the runner. When you when it crosses the lines, when you see the brawls happening between two benches, <laughs> right? Um, but I mean, with Cornell uh, being a backyard game is where it started with beer drinking and people talking trash to each other. Anyways, it, it's like um, um, April kids, right? Yeah, that's all right. Um, she, she's fun. I love my, my daughter there. Um, uh, but then we take away where Cornhole kind of originated from a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where that ends up going is, is by taking out the, the idea of trash talking. For me personally, I, I fall more along the lines of, of Kirk where I don't necessarily talk trash to someone while I'm, I'm playing. However, if someone says something to me, I will be all up in their ear the entire time, and I will get on the edge. Um, and I and I'm all for trash talking at that point. Uh, when I'm for me personally, when I'm playing. Yep, yep. otherwise, I have no problem with it. Um, it's it also goes back to the gamesmanship thing of making sure that you don't go to the Gary Payton levels of crossing the line where you're talking about people's moms, right? So that's <laughs> I get that, that, pretty bad with it. No, that's yeah, a great I feel like point. we might agree on that one, but yeah, um, <laughs> I'm with you. No, but I'm, but I'm with you too. Like when you're playing with your buddies, right? It's there's definitely a whole ton more more talking, right? Obviously, fueled by maybe backyards, a couple more cocktails than you might have in normal like league night or tournament. Um, to me, that's fun. But yeah, when you start like if you start with insults and insulting people and that level of trash talk, I guess that's where same thing. I have an issue with it there. Um, but me, I like to go quiet. I like to was thinking about the analogy, the best analogy that I could come up with for it, which was for me, I'm more, uh, I'm more on the Godfather side of let me give you an offer you can't refuse versus Scarface, right? So, so I kind of like, I want you to be intimidated by me. I want to get in your head, but I want you to be intimidated by me, by my game, and by what I'm doing. And the little, like the the little small comments, like we kind of talked about. To your partner, like I know exactly what you're gonna do. Here, here's how this is gonna play out, and I'm still gonna get two. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is a version of trash talking in its own right, but uh, you know, well, I don't necessarily see that as trash. It's it, you know, it's it's said, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly. It's the Bay Brew that's calling the shot. All right, yeah, yeah. but it's just it's gamesmanship. It's there's a reason why we've always said, and Kirk, you'll, 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 I think you, I've heard you say this in the past. If you want to get better, you got to play people better than you. And the example you gave, Kirk, well, it's a the guy saying, 
here I'm going to call I'm going to call the next three shots. Here's what's going to happen. He's tell, he's telling you that he knows your play. It's just like the poker players, they know yep. your play. If they know you have a pocket aces, they know how you're going to bet. Right. Uh, and so forth. So it, I want to kind of close this off by just saying, you know, it's the gamesmanship that we we experienced um and I and I will call it that from uh from Jordan Power, Jay Rubin, and Mark Richards and Philip Lopez Jr. It's I I only saw gamesmanship there. I didn't see anything there that kind of went over the the bounds. And honestly, when the game was over, each and every single one of them immediately turned to each other to shake their hands. Oh yeah. It's there's a, there was a respect there. Um and justifiably so. They it takes a lot to get to that level. And I'll never get there, but I'll respect people who who do get there and all the uh, kudos to them all so uh, i'll give you uh, give uh give each kind of a chance to kind of make a couple of closing statements to close off and then we'll go into the uh, mental bagger segment so we'll start off with uh kirk all right <clears throat> so so yeah when we we kind of put it out there right on on addicted and said hey man i'll be i'll be the one against trash talking and at the same time, against, I'll call it overt trash talking and kind of being coming directly at the person when it comes when it comes to corner. Man, I think, like I said, hockey scrums around the goalie. Man, just that tra- that level of of talk of back and forth, right? I mean, it was it happened all the time. But I still like to let my play do the talking. Um, so again, against the overt trash talking, but one hundred percent with you. Steve, where it's, it is gamesmanship, right? And anything that you can do, if I can do something, just a little, just pause for a second or put a bag in a hole, right? Essentially get you into your head where, where it's not only your head saying, man, you can't beat this guy, but it's me doing my thing, man, then it becomes two on one, right? And so then it's like, I'm letting your brain help me out because of the gamesmanship. So a hundred percent for gamesmanship, I am against the trash talking, again, the overt in your face trash talking. So uh, just kind of like making that clear. But again, 100% with you that I don't think Jordan crossed the line at all. I think it was him talking to Ruben and him keeping his team pumped up. Um, so yeah, I, it was, it was a close, sure. But that's, you know, what we all try to do is sort of bump up against that line. But yeah, against overt, but that was kind of, uh, it was a fun, fun match to watch the end of that one. Absolutely. Thanks, Kirk. Uh, what about you, Mike? When it comes to like the direct trash talking, I, I think that if it's good natured, I don't think it could be something that is a bad thing for Cornwall. Um, again, like I've mentioned already, like if it's the stuff that crosses the line, that like then it becomes an issue. Um, but I also do believe that uh, here's one of the things I do believe that by having some good quality trash talking, that uh, is fun that people hear on those live broadcasts. It's actually just going to accelerate the sport. Um, because if you think about it, like golf, uh, they made a movie on just that happy Gilmore, right? <laughs> yes. Same, same thing, same idea. Uh, so um, if it's fun, it's, it's lighthearted type of trash hogging that, but also you can see it does men- uh, mess with the mentals of, of your opponent. 
I think that's going to actually just add that much more to the game and, and to the viewership. And so I think that it should be there, but I think it also has to be something that is done uh, tactfully. Uh, the gamesmanship yeah. of things. Absolutely. Love it, love it. Guys, much appreciated. Uh, really thank both of you for jumping on. Um, I'm going to jump over to a a segment where just uh, uh, Kirk is going to, I'm going to ask for you to put your mental bagger hat on. Um, and Mike, feel free to stick around or go and drop. Uh, but um, I'm going to ask for you to put your mental bagger on, a mentor bagger, yeah. mental bagger hat on. <laughs> And give us some ideas or some thoughts of if you hear, if you start having the the opponent get in your head, whether it be part of gamesmanship or trash talking, what are some of the tricks from a mental bagger to get them back on track and on their game? Yeah, so thinking about this and kind of going back to, to my days of coaching. So we get the kids on the ice and – Man, we had we had a couple games where you could see the other team, and again, it was it was gamesmanship of hockey, right? Because it's a little bit of talk in there, then a stick here and there, a little extra bump in the corner, right? That level it is not quite a penalty, but it gets in, you know, it gets into my kid's head. And so, one of the things that I, I talked to them about was just like I mentioned before, right? If as a player. I can keep the other team wants to occupy the space in here, right? Because if, if they're in your head, then it makes it easier for them to beat you. So everything that you can do to keep your opponent out of your head is what you want to do. And what I was recommending to them is two things. One, think about all the work that we have put in to get to where we are, right? All the practices, all the running, all the dry land, all the, the drills that we've run. And be confident with all of that time that you put on the ice and put into your game. Be confident with your game and what we are doing right now. So the confidence that you have in your own game will help kind of keep them out of your head. That would be one thing is just, again, and in corner will be the same thing, right? You know what type of game you want to play. Let your game do the talking on the board. If you want to hole out, great, go for it, right? Let them try to chase you. If you want to play a dirty game, kind of block it up, right, and, and, and mess around that. Be confident whatever game you bring to the boards and play your game. Don't let your opponent, even with trash talking, take you out of that, right? And I would also say, too, as a caveat to that, don't if you're not a trash talker, don't fire back at them. Because your game is going to go from here, and you're going to think, you'll be thinking about all the trash talking and what I have to say to my opponent. Your game is going to fall off, which is exactly where they want you to go. So... Be confident in the game you bring to the board, or in this case, to the kids, to the ice. Second would be, in order to not focus on what they're saying, focus on your strategy on the boards. Like I was talking about before, a block, he's going to have to block, and then I can shoot an airmail. Focus on your strategy. Start thinking about two and three and four bags down the road. What are you going to do? How are you going to disrupt what your opponent wants to do? If you start thinking about the chess match that is Cornell and your strategy and your focus, it's going to, you're basically going to mute your opponent. And for me, I do that and I actually don't wear earbuds. Um, so I know when I'm super locked in, it doesn't matter what they're saying to their opponent or to their partner or to anybody in the stands. I honestly can't hear them um, because I'm focused on, okay, cool. 
here's what I'm going to do here. All right, third bag. All right, they've got a bag off the board. Sweet. I got to. I got to. I have to lock in those two points. All right, I'm going to fire in a, a third bag blocker. If they push through it, great. Then I go fourth bag in the hole, and I can lock in my two points. I start thinking down the road, and then basically block them out completely. So, those would be two things, right? Confidence in your game, focus on the strategy of your game, and honestly, worst case scenario. Uh, if you haven't done it before, if someone talking or just the noise around the board and everything else gets to you, try throwing earbuds in. Honestly, some people don't even play music. They just put the earbuds in because it drowns out some of the some of the, the noise. It becomes kind of a, its own little earplug, if you will. So those would be three things. Confidence in the game, strategy of the game, and, fo- and really which makes you focus more on your game, takes away from your opponent. And the third thing, hey, all else fails. Throw the earbuds in. See if you can just kind of mute that noise out there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Like I said, you've got, uh, you're the mental bagger. How can people find you? Uh, so right now it is mainly a Facebook thing. So you can search out on Facebook or search, search the mental bagger. Um, Instagram is there. Haven't used it as much. Trying to get a little bit more uh, fluent in that part of social media and also trying to save some videos up on YouTube. But primarily it is through Facebook. Excellent. We'll put a link in the description of this video in the podcast to go check Kirk uh, Kirk Leslie out. Uh, he's the mental bagger, and we're probably going to have him on this episode or this show more often. But Kirk, thank you so much. Steve, thanks for having me on. Mike, yeah, it was absolutely. great talking with you, man. All right. Thank you very much for joining. Uh, this has been a great episode. Uh, I really appreciate both Mike and Kirk joining. Uh, we, I know there was a lot of people who wanted to participate in this podcast. Uh, we had to kind of keep it keep it small uh, and make sure we uh, manageable. So if you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to just subscribe. Uh, we, follow me on all the major uh, podcast subscriptions. Search for Cornhole Masters and join the Cornhole Masters community and subscribe to the podcast today. We look forward to meeting you guys more in the future. And if this is an idea of what's to come, do you fear the glove? We're going to do a review of Gladiator Cornhole's glove in the upcoming episode.